everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome to Top of the Morning on the UBS Market Moves podcast channel. It's Friday morning, that means it's time for the Weekend Review Preview, and there is a lot to recap, so we're fortunate to have with us this morning Senior Economist Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office, uh, Brian Rose. So Brian, good morning, thank you for dropping by, and looking forward to the conversation. Thanks, Dan. Good morning, everyone. So, Brian, to start off, we did receive the April employment report just a few moments ago. So how did the jobs data measure up to your expectations, and what does the data tell us about the state of the U.S. labor market? So more or less, the data was in line with expectations. Non-farm payrolls were up by 428,000. It's another solid result, uh, you know, much stronger than historical norms. And there were down revisions to the previous two months of 39,000. That brings the, the headline number right into line with consensus. And we had the average hourly earnings up three-tenths month-on-month, which was a, a bit less than expected, but March was revised higher. And if you look year-over-year, the average earnings up 5.5%, again, uh, in line with expectations. And the unemployment rate was steady at 3.6%. But the one uh, surprise uh, and bad news in the report was that the labor force participation rate fell by two-tenths, down to 62.2%. And if you look at, and that, that's based on the household survey, if you look at, at what that implies for employment, you get the minus 353. So even though payrolls are up solidly, in the household survey, you had employment falling and in because the labor force participation rate went down. And that's exactly the opposite of what you want to see because you know everyone's hoping that more people will return to the, the labor market as the pandemic comes under better control. But instead, you see the participation rate going back down. Now, really important to take all of these numbers with a grain of salt. So a lot of noise in the data and uh, very difficult to seasonally adjust to this data since the pandemic. So, you know, it doesn't, don't, I wouldn't take it too literally, but it is something that we need to keep a, an eye on. So it, it is extremely important that the labor force participation rate continue to trend higher. Uh, otherwise, you know, it's going to be really hard to solve the labor shortages. Well, Brian, thank you for that perspective. Now, outside of the jobs data, were there any other notable data points from this past week that you would like to highlight for us? Yeah, well, there's a, you know, other data directly related to the labor market. So earlier in the week, we got the JOLTS job openings. That was another record high in March, 11.5 million unfilled job openings. And we also had a record number of quits. And uh, in the ISM data, so uh, both the manufacturing and services PMIs were down. And importantly, you know, in those in those reports, you see the employment indices uh, down a lot. And uh, you know, it seems an ongoing struggle to find and retain workers. And that's you know, sort of um, the, the the theme uh, at the moment is that. Uh, you know, it's if you're a business, really, really hard to maintain your workforce, and this you know creates all sorts of uh, all sorts of problems. And uh, we also saw in the services report the prices paid index at a record high. So, uh, really, you know, both reports showing the same same uh, ongoing problem. So, you know, high inflationary pressure 
uh, difficult, difficult to find the workers. And uh, one other thing to note, uh, this week we had auto sales for April. Uh, these were up uh, to an uh, annualized pace of $14.3 million. That's you know, still less than the demand, but it is encouraging to see auto sales going up. Uh, you know, this is part of the inflation story is that we can't produce enough cars. Uh, there's no inventory. Sales are down. So it is encouraging to see at least some increase in auto sales. Well, thank you, Brian, for recapping this week's notable data points. I I thought we could pivot over to the Fed for a few moments. Of course, we did have that key Fed meeting this week, Tuesday. We heard the policy statement on Wednesday that was followed by the press conference from Fed Chairman Jerome Powell. And while the Fed Chairman was speaking, we did see that run-up, of course, that was reversed uh, the following day on Thursday. But just curious, Brian, some reflections, takeaways from the press conference and any thoughts on the market activity over the past couple of sessions? Hey, right. So this is uh, this was interesting. So when the Fed first announced what they were doing, the policy actions, hiking by 50 basis points, and also announcing the start of quantitative tightening, there was really very little reaction in the market. But then, you know, when Powell spoke, uh, he was uh, you know, first he came out, volunteered that they had in mind two more 50 basis point hikes. So, uh, you know, uh, not that this is the end of the, the rate hiking cycle, but just, you know, they were going to, the, the outsized 50 basis point hikes, they were thinking they would, they would want to do two more of those. And also in response to a question, Powell said that they're not actively considering a 75 basis point hike. And, you know, this was a lot less than the market was pricing in. So, you know, right ahead of the, the uh, FOMC results, market was pricing in something like a one in three chance of a 75 basis point hike at the next meeting in June. So when Powell sort of ruled that out and uh, he also said two more 50 basis point hikes, the market was thinking there'd be at least three more. So it was less than, uh, you know, less than the market was pricing in. And uh, I think very intentional on Powell's part to try to you know, tell the market no, you know, you're pricing in too much. We're not planning to raise that that quickly. And, uh, yeah, equities rallied 3% after Powell's conference. But as, as you mentioned, that, that didn't last long. We lost all of that and more in uh, in yesterday's trading. Now, as we look ahead, what is your outlook for monetary policy and how might economic conditions here in the U.S. evolve through the balance of the year? I know per the latest UBS house view, a CIO is not anticipating a recession over the next 12 months. Yeah. So, uh, you know, after the Powell's press conference, there's now very strong consensus over what the short term outlook for the Fed is. So pretty much everyone agrees that as Powell told us, they're going to deliver two more 50 basis point hikes. And, you know, that will get them closer to the neutral range. And it seems like they've decided, okay, that's enough. As we get closer to the neutral range, we want to slow down and we'll start hiking 25 basis points uh, at a time, you know, after that. But the the question becomes, you know, how many more rate hikes are they going to deliver? You know, what's the what's the stopping point? And all of that depends on how things develop with inflation and also the labor market. So you know, we do expect inflation to fall uh, mostly because core goods prices uh, are falling. And they should fall, you know, really rapidly through through the end of the year. And that will take off pressure from the Fed that, you know, they don't have to keep uh, keep 
going with their rate hikes. But uh, the labor market, it's likely to stay pretty tight, you know, as we saw in, in, in uh, the, the data out this week. And the Fed really wants to see wage growth slowing because it's hard to get a 2%, you know, hit a 2% inflation target if wages are growing at 6 uh, so, you know, this, I think, will really be the key. If labor market has a little bit more slack, if wage growth is slowing, then the uh, Fed will probably stop at year end. So that uh, would leave the Fed funds rate target range at 275 to 3%. But, uh, you know, if inflation is, is still roaring or the labor market is, is just, uh, you know, too hot, the Fed will probably keep going further into into restrictive range. Now, Brian, on a near-term basis, as we turn focus to the week ahead, anything in particular uh, set to take place that you'll be keeping an eye on? You know, the, the big focus will be on the CPI data. So obviously, inflation is extremely uh, you know uh, important to the to the markets at the moment. We also get the producer price index and the import and export prices, and then another survey that doesn't get huge amount of attention, but I think is important is the NFIB survey of small businesses. So there what you saw last month is a record number of small businesses raising prices. Also, you know, as we've seen in other data, you know, they're raising their wages and they're struggling to find workers. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, what, what uh, that, that survey shows. And then finally, we get University of Michigan, a survey of consumers and their uh, focuses on inflation expectations. So, you know, as long as inflation expectations are reasonably well anchored, it allows the Fed to to go at at a you know moderate pace of, of rate hikes. But any signs that inflation expectations are really getting too high, this uh, this will put a lot of pressure on the Fed to to keep raising rates rapidly because you know this is the one thing they're very worried about is is inflation expectations becoming disanchored. Okay, so a few data points there to be mindful of in the week ahead. Though, Brian, very productive, helpful conversation this morning to cap off what was, again, another busy week. Thank you for joining us, Brian, as always, and looking forward to picking back up with our conversation again soon. Thanks very much. And again, this morning, we've been joined by Senior Economist for the Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office, Brian Rose. Uh, just a reminder, the Chief Investment Office does author a wide range of publications which touch on macro developments, asset allocation. These publications can all be located up on UBS.com forward slash CIO. Top of the Morning is part of the UBS Market Moves podcast channel, which is available where podcasts are found, including on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Pandora. Visit UBS.com forward slash studios to view the entire podcast offering, as well as the new UBS trending video series. From UBS Studios, I'm Dan Cassidy. Thank you for joining us. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the Global Wealth Management Business of UBS AG or its affiliate, UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways, and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment 
investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash CIO disclaimer.